Afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and joining me once again in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon is the greatest Star Wars man, fan, and buddy out there. It's you know him, you love him. It's Master Blywalker, aka Luke Bly. How are you, my friend? Oh, dude, I am good. It is great to be here, and all I could think of when we were doing episode 101, mate, was how can we tie in Trandoshans? 101 Trandoshans. <laughs> I was like, I was like, can we get away with a main topic just on Trandoshans? But no, we've gone with a way spicier main topic. For it would have been week. absolutely busk if we could have done. Oh, oh. You naughty boy. Mate, Does that count? Yeah, it counts. It counts as a, as a little naughty, I guess, little wink. Um, how does it feel not doing a bligh pun for the intro of the show? Uh, uh, this afternoon, I felt a little bit lost because I went to do one and I just realised I don't need to do one anymore. Yeah. I was like, how am I, what do I do? So I didn't actually have it. I, I don't. The only thing I would script would be the bligh pun. But I didn't actually write anything. I was like, oh, I hope I don't stumble on air. And I think we... I think we got through it. My heart took a bit of a hit just calling you by your actual name, but, you know, there's a hundred out there for those who really miss them. I like it, mate. I like it. But, you know, we're here. We're recording. You know, um, I had to... I, do you know what, mate? I got a cheeky beerio out the fridge. I got a bottle opener. And do you know what? I thought... Oh, I came into my little... My, my bedroom where we record, where my desk is, and I thought, do you know what? This ain't it. This ain't it. It's too flipping cold at the moment. It's hoff out there. It literally is hoff out there. It is. It is freezing. It is snowing in our part of England, Matty Boy, which it's not snowed like this in years in this no, part of the UK. It's like Ilum or Starkiller Base, which is the same thing, If you, to be fair. It's like that. It's like hoff. It's like that planet of the big spiders on in the Mandalorian. It's mental. It's cold. Uh, it's great, though, to go out and throw a few snowballs at the kids. I mean, with the yeah. kids. It's wonderful, mate. No, throw it to... Get a snowball and throw it at your nearest child. That That's is it. the Star sessions Wars advice. Sessions advice. Do you know what, mate? I put the beer back. I went and got myself a peppermint tea, didn't I? I've got myself oh, a cup boy. of tea. You naughty boy. I had a lemon and uh, lemongrass and ginger tea the other day, and I very much enjoyed it. But tonight, I've got a, I've got calf, as they call it in Star Wars. I've got a coffee. I've got a birio in the fridge, so I may go and crack that one open afterwards. But like you said, by the time this is finished, I'm going to be like cuddling myself to be warm by the time this finishes. But are you doing all right, though, other than the cold, dude? Oh, dude, it's snowing and I'm ready for Star Wars. So, I mean, it doesn't get better than that, does it? It doesn't get any better than that unless you sign up to, um, I don't know, some super exclusive um, I don't know how 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 could you say it? bonus 
content on um Patreon. Ooh, I think it's best summed up just simply by. Yes, we've uh, we've got a couple of new patrons who've joined us in the last week or so, haven't we, Blilo Ren? Yes, we have, mate. Huge shout out to our latest patrons, Matt Smith and Paul Jones. Matt and I were joking about how these were probably some of the most English names <laughs> we have ever heard. It's like token English people. That's it, Matt know. Smith, Paul Jones. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> we love it. Uh, shout out to Matt Smith, who joined at the This Word of Fun Begins tier, and Paul Jones, who joined at the Hello There tier. Bop, 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 bop. Hello there. Thank you very much for signing up. Enjoy the content that we put out. Uh, you're going to have the content dump is coming soon. You're going to have a jibber jabber, a journal, and a podcast uh, coming in the next few weeks. And if you haven't listened to last month's podcasts, what on earth are you doing with your patronage? Go back and listen to it. It's feature length. It's like an hour and 10 minutes. It's brilliant. It was mad. Go check it out. But honestly, guys, thank you so much for signing up at those tiers. We very much appreciate it. Yeah, we didn't even plan on the length of that podcast. It was just that long. And it was riffing. And, and, and you know what? We loved it. If you want to take mm. a look at all the content that's available, I mean, if you were to sign up like today or, you know, this minute... <laughs> Or after <laughs> this show, this after this show, after this episode, there's like so much content to listen to. It's ridiculous. And so <laughs> much of it is, is actually timeless. So yeah, um, have a look, patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Uh, yes, please. But in the meantime, another quick announcement up top. The game this week is being replaced with the uh, results of the giveaway so if everybody's entered the Mandalorian Monopoly giveaway, we're going to be announcing the winner in place of our game this week. So keep your ears peeled for that. But right now, all I can hear in the background is the sounds of Big Ben Kenobi, which can only mean one thing, mate. It's the Galactic News Round. Aspire is the studio working on the Knights of the Old Republic remake slash retelling video game, according to Bespin Bulletin. Daisy Ridley has revealed her personal connection to Rey in an exclusive excerpt from an upcoming book, Star Wars The Age of Resistance, that looks back at the making of the sequel trilogy. Trisha Noble, who played Padme's mother, Jobal Narbury, in the prequels, has died, aged 76. Rest in peace. This is Guy Henry, known for playing Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Now, Star Wars is in a bit of a lull at the minute. We haven't really got anything new coming out, so we're we're looking back at something that we really enjoy. Star Wars. Uh, specifically, <laughs> recently John Favreau disclosed a little bit of information during an interview with the WGA, the Writers Guild of America, which basically said that his Mandalorian, the Mandalorian series, is going to tie into the sequel trilogy. To some, that may not be new news. To some, that may be very new news. But... We've got some sort of confirmation now that at su- some way, shape or form, the story of the Mando will connect to the sequel trilogy, which is set 
about 27 years prior to The Force Awakens currently. Uh, but we'll get into any kind of jumps in a minute. But we were kind of, we wanted to look at, you know, could or should or will any sequel trilogy characters appear in The Mandalorian? And, Ren, you found this uh, excerpt last week, didn't you, mate? And we thought this would be pretty uh, cool to talk about this week. Yeah, well, that's it, mate. So, um... Long story short, John Favreau's been talking to the Rise Guild of America. There is some saucy, spicy content in there for us to get down to. Um, but to be honest, Matt and I had already had this topic as like a uh, focus for discussion at some point, probably around this time of year anyway. Um because it feels, especially now, after Mandalorian Season 2, it feels inevitable that it's heading toward this larger picture of the sequel trilogy. As soon as Luke Skywalker's there and turning up, you know, and you got, like, Snoke flipping corpses or clones, <laughs> Palpatine clones, whatever they are, floating in tubes, you know... As soon as that kind of stuff happens, you know, ah, do you know what? This is going... This is definitely going toward Empire, yeah, First Order. Mm -hmm. Rebellion, yeah, Resistance, right? Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing, mate, boy. I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm going to I'm gonna expand on my points um, later. But do you know what, mate, boy? One thing I did say um, in the Luke uh, Skywalker episode, episode yes. 99, um... <laughs> I said, you know, as soon as there is a youngling Force-sensitive like Grogu in this story, it's bigger. It's bigger. You know, this was, this was sold to us, and I was watching back the Mandalorian panel at Star Wars Celebration Chicago nice. 2019 today. And... You know, they're selling the Mandalorian as a story of, yeah, he's a he's a lone gunman. You know, he's a cowboy. It's a Western, you know, think samurais, you know, those early Star Wars influences, right? Mm -hmm. Now, it's not just that. Like, when you watch that panel, Matt, it's like, mate, they did such a good job <laughs> of keeping under wraps what this was actually about. Because we went into this thinking, yeah, it's just a bounty hunter. And every episode, he's just going to be murking someone. That's what I thought. That is what I thought. I was like, man, yeah, it's just going to be who's the target this week. And that's it. It's so much more than that, though. Yeah, I remember the conversations we had. We just thought it was going to be a bloke in armour just folding fellas up each week, pretty much. Like, what else is he going to be doing? But uh, little did we know that at the end of episode one, Episode one of the whole thing, we, we we realized that actually this thing's a bit bigger now, and we didn't probably know how big it was going to get. You know, to the point where Luke Skywalker was going to turn up and save the day, but we knew that it was opening the doors to something special. Right. Um, and look, Favreau's Favreau's already said he's got Filoni on board, and he's he's very aware of the timelines within Star Wars. He knows that the Mandalorian exists within a greater universe, a bigger universe. Sorry, and it isn't just well, there's the originals; they they they're, they're somewhere. Then the prequels, they're over there, the sequels. And he knows they connect. He knows that his story connects. He knows that the books and the comics and the TV series, it all connect in some way, shape or form. It's one big thing. So he knew that he was taking his part in a wider galaxy. So um, it, again, this, this news shouldn't really come as a surprise to anybody, especially given that he's already said, you know, this, the Mandalorian, 
by the time the, fir- the Force Awakens comes around, you know the First Order they're they're there, man. They're not just they're not just a couple of punks, you know, in balaclavas. They are they have Starkiller and they're blowing up the New Republic. They've got to get from A to B somehow, right? And he's kind of like, well, that's where we step in. So it's not a surprise to hear. What I will say though is, it's, I'm I'm all for this. I'm all for this. But it comes it it, it comes down to our favourite word, man. Get your get your peppermint oh, tea at the ready, yeah, mate, because it comes down my... to the word. Yeah, go on. Execution. Oh, <laughs> yes. comes down to that, mate. Because if they Peppermint suddenly, if, they, if if in like season five, um, they're just Grogu's ears pop up, and it, and then they kind of cut to Jakku and a baby girl's being born. It's like, oh come on, I don't need to see that. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, we've just seen the you know Ray's entered and Grogu said. As long as it's not gratuitous uh, to the point where it's ne- unnecessary, that's no bother. I don't. I'm, I'm all for that. You know, it might it might not just be characters. It might be events. It might be places. I'm, I, mate, considering that you go online and the discourse is all about how they're cancelling the sequel trilogy, this is great news for Star Wars fans. That no, the Mando is actually going to be tying into it. And uh, yeah, we wanted to just talk about how you know how and who could tie it all together. Yeah, exactly. It's funny that this news has come about while there are so many people on the internet saying there's a civil war at Lucasfilm. (laughs) Um, And and Kathleen Kennedy. And then there's Jon Favreau. Even though she's the producer of the show. Yeah, it's like, mate, hang on. Hang on, mate. Do you have any idea how a business works? I don't think so. I don't think you do. I don't think you get it. You can disagree with people in a business. That happens a lot. But the way these people describe this stuff, it's like when I was 12, it was like that's how I thought a business worked. I know. You own that bit and you own that bit and you own that bit. bit. I own this bit. No, mate. It is just far beyond that. So I'm glad this news has come out just confirming that the sequel trilogy isn't getting destroyed and annihilated by John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Um, we knew it wouldn't anyway, didn't we? We've we've even had done an episode on that where we were like, it's a rubbish rumour, it's terrible, but let's let's give it time just, of day. Even even if right, Matty boy, hear me out. Even if they really wanted to do it, even if they wanted to do it, they're not gonna. Like imagine, imagine going to Kathleen Kennedy or even a marketing director at Lucasfilm and saying, Do "You know what? Um, we're gonna we're gonna create in the Mandalorian an alternative timeline, yeah, and um, we're gonna redo the sequels, but just an alternative version." Do you imagine going up to Kathleen Kennedy? You know those films you produce. You know they're a bit mince, aren't they? Yeah. A bit naff. Do you yeah. think we should probably get rid of them? I know somebody who'd be getting gone if they'd said that. It yeah, be one, of, one of the most financially successful trilogies of all times. Um, what? So, <clears throat> what we're going to do? We got what? So, how are you going to label them? I don't know. Episode seven B. How would you market that? You can't market it. There's, there just isn't a way to do it. It's just, it's not worth the money. It's not worth the time, and it's not worth the fuss. Even if you wanted to do it. So, yeah, that's out of this news. That's something that I'm really glad um, (laughs) that's happened. Um, You know, Favreau in this interview, so it's this interview with the Writers Guild of America, something that's really cool. And I think it says a lot about this whole um, process 
that that is going on with the writing of the Mandalorian. You'll have to excuse me, by the way, guys. I'm, I'm a bit more croaky than usual. I've had a bit of a bad, uh, bit of a bad throat, <clears throat> bad throat, bad throat. I'm gonna be save turned... the rebellion. <laughs> I'm turning into my boy Saw. Wait a minute. It's okay though. I've got chocolate digestives. So when Matt's talking, I'm going to try and shove one in my mouth. <laughs> and I nick those. Oh, God, he knows the truth. He knows. But John Favreau said this, mate, boy. He said this. Just imagine I'm saying it in a Favreau way. Do you know what? I'm going to try and do a Favreau impression. Uh, so the story unfolded as I rolled it. <laughs> oh, George, is that you? I know. George Lucas is just coming out. I'm going to work on the manual. I'm going to work on Favreau. Let's, do you know what? Pretend George is saying this. Pretend Lucas is saying this. Uh, so the, uh, the Mandalorian inherits a great deal from existing Star Wars stories. And when I write that context is always in a consideration, uh, it became clear that within the established continuity, certain things were likely to uh, transpire. So there we go. You're welcome. I mean, what can I, what, what, what on earth can we say about that? That hasn't been said before other than... Yeah. Spice train has left the station. Yeah, Spice Train has arrived at Piccadilly Underground Station. <laughs> By mm. way of Tatooine. Yeah, that's it. But I liked that, mate, because it's it still shows that there's a lot of creativity there for John Favreau and, and Co., right? To still be creative, right? The story unfolds as you write. That's yeah. what writers do. That's what authors do. It's not all in their head and like that, it just magically is on paper. It's it's a whole process that lives and breathes. And you you know, you can compare it to when you're designing a room for for like interior or when you're designing a car. It's not just all there, it has revisions, right? You go back and you tweak little bits and you change that and you think of that part because in the future that part might be worth considering for something else. Same thing happens all over the shop. Um, thought that was really cool. And it's lovely that it's a given that the, the Star Wars sequel trilogy is canon and it's almost like gospel. It's like, that's that's the thing. You can't differ from that. That's the standard and we have to get there. We're in A, that's B, and we're on a journey to B. It's mental to even have to say the sequel trilogy is canon because it is, you know, regardless of what anybody says, it's canon. If you don't like it, fine, that's no problem. We're not here to tell you you should do. We're here to say good for you if you don't like it because there's bits about it we don't like. But it's canon and it's the story. Even if we don't like certain elements, it's the story. And there's a lot of characters in that in those films that we love and a lot of people out there love and there's some people don't. But we, I wanted to find out from Ren as well who he might think could turn up or maybe some who he thinks, you know, that there's no way they're going to turn up. I mean, there's the obvious ones, but I'm really interested to think, to see who you think might turn up because, because Favreau has never actually said, you know, we're connecting it to the sequel trilogy and, you know, we're going to have a lot of the characters coming over, but it's fun to speculate. And if they are connecting it somehow, you know, it might just be a name. It might just be a faction is mentioned. But it's always nice to think, well, how old they might throw a few characters in here and there because look, they're throwing Luke Skywalker in. The Skywalker is the limit for this now. So, cool. um, do you, who do you reckon, mate? Then, if they're going to bring someone over, if you're Favreau and Filoni and uh, Colin Wilson, Kathleen Kennedy, and you're like, right, we've got these this pool of characters, yeah. this stable of characters, 
who would be best? And again, we don't know the story, so we can't say, oh, in season four, let's do that. But you know, if you want to connect it, how do you think they could do that organically? And who would be best to maybe show up and help help that journey? It's kind of hard to mention the characters that immediately pop into my mind because there are other characters that um, that could be included that would be just as effective and, you know, dare I say, a bit more subtle, maybe, depending on the circumstance, depending on the context. Um, but I'm going to say them, guys. I'm just going to say them because I do think this could happen. I was the guy, Matty boy, who was saying Luke Skywalker is going to turn up in Mando. You were banging that drum when nobody else would dance to the beat. And that's it, mate. So, Ben Solo. A young Ben Solo. Oh, oh, Nothing oh. big. Doesn't have to be big. Doesn't have to be huge. Before he becomes a unit himself. Before he becomes an absolute tank. Yeah. Industrial unit of a man. A, a mile wide generator of power. That's it. A yacht of a man. Yes, a Titanic. <laughs> any, any more? That's it. Any more? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is a Titanic, an iceberg of a man, um, Mount Everest of a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ben exactly. Solo. That's it. <laughs> right, Ben Solo. So I, I, I do think we could see a cheeky Ben Solo cameo. Very subtle. Doesn't have to be crazy because if Luke. If we see Luke again, which I believe we will, right, then Luke with other students might make sense. Might make sense, especially a young Ben by his side. Make a lot of sense. Doesn't have to be huge. Doesn't even have to have a speaking part. Probably, I, do you know what? I probably wouldn't give him a speaking part. Um, but Ben Soda just never says anything in any canon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He just, he just destroys that's, That's it, it, really. Well, he is oh, a Mount Everest. so He's an absolute Mount Everest of a man. I had Ben Solo down as well. Um, but it all depends on where they go with the story in terms of the timeline, because currently he's about six years old. So, hey, hey, little six-year-old Ben could show up and I could give him like, Ben hair so we'd know who it was. But um, if we have a time jump of, say, four years so, to where he'd be like 10 years old, then I think there's a chance of seeing him because then we're getting closer and closer to the time when... Uncle Luke took him away to be trained. So yeah. there's a chance that we could see Ben again. If 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 Lucasfilm want to, if Lucasfilm want to get people talking about the Mando and they want to get people talking, a little Ben Solo cameo it doesn't matter if it's ten years old. It doesn't matter. That's that's going to work, mate. As long as it suits us. And these these all come with a caveat, of course. As long as they right. fit the story. But I mean, if I want to get people's tongues wagging, I mean Ben Solo appearing. I mean that's a that's a great point, mate. Just from a marketing point of view you know ben solo gets people just really chatting doesn't he you know and even when we think of the pop vinyl that came out that always announced a few um weeks ago people were going mental about that people were complaining that the scar was still there and obviously in rise of skywalker the scars removed by the time ben solo becomes because it's healed when ray heals him that disappears too so which is a lovely detail i love that in rise of skywalker Mm -hmm. um so people, I mean, I love Ben Solo. It's my, it's one of my favorite things about episode nine is that whole redemption arc that, um, dad, I know, oh mate, come on. Um, so there's a lot of emotional baggage there with 
Ben Solo. Just like when we saw Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian, you know, I got emotional over just seeing Luke. The reason I did was not just because of that moment. It was because I was revisiting a character that I have so much emotional investment in. So, you know, Ben Solo, I think, would be, would be not only does it make sense, I think it'd be a great thing for the fans too. Um, I've got another crazy thought. I don't know if you're finished with the whole Ben Solo thing because that is uh, all I was going to say, mate. All I was going to say, mate, is it'll be a great start for the character because people would see him and they'd be like, "Oh, wow, it's young Ben," and we know what he goes on to become and goes on to do. And then, obviously, uh, at, at the end of his life, we know he becomes that kid again. So it'd be great to kind of almost be like, "Oh, that, that's what that, that was him at the beginning before any of this." So it could be quite like a, a poignant, powerful little moment in of itself. But um, yeah, Ben Solo, mate, I, I have that on the list. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. Now, this one could be a bit tricky because we could have already seen him. Snoke. Naughty Snokey boy. Yeah. Yep. I think yep. what needs to happen for us to see a First Order what needs to happen? There what needs, needs to, to be, happen? Yeah, there needs to be, because the Empire is not the First Order, right? They're the same, you know, alignment. They believe in kind of the same thing. Fundamentally, they're on the same side, but they're different, right? Mm-hmm. In the Mandalorian, we're still seeing the Empire. We're still seeing the remnant, okay? And they need to be reinvented. They need a lick of paint, right? Like our um, intro song, our theme song. That's it. Last week and this week, new. Hope you guys are still loving that. Um, But, mate, a new leader would be perfect for that. A new leader, what comes in, new outfits, upgraded equipment, upgraded armor. Do you know what I mean? Upgraded emblem, (laughs) everything. (laughs) A new name. and for that to happen, I don't see the First Order just magically coming out of nowhere without Snoke. Mm-hmm. I do think it's it's more of a, 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 again, a process, like a the evolution of the Empire becoming the First Order. But, you know, there's more to it than just that. That's what I think. Very, very loosey-goosey yeah. with that one. What do you reckon? Ooh, ooh. Yeah, all of those uniforms and emblems and all those accoutrements of inclusivity would mean new toys as well. So uh, let's got to think about that. But well, the, the the canon explanation, which has been used in a lot of it, like the games, uh, the books, and uh, the animated series as well, is obviously that after the Battle of Jakku, the Imperial Remnant fled to the unknown regions where a, a ship was waiting for them. A ship was waiting and somebody was on there waiting for them. We all assumed it was Snoke. Um, and that's where that they rebuilt in the unknown regions. And as we now know from Tross, Exegol is out in the unknown regions. So if we're going to get the first order, we may see some more of the unknown regions. We may see some of these meetings happen, which would mean there's got to be some Snoky action. You'd, send, you'd probably then see Brendel Hux, which means you, which is General Armour, General Hux's dad, which means you'd then see Little Hux himself. You'd also see hopefully Ray Sloan and people like that, but... That is one which, with with things like um, Cobb Vanth, you know, you can you can play fast and loose with his background, um, which is you know is what it is. It's fine. I think with that, they've they've established that's what how the first order began in the unknown regions, and it was the last trusted members of the Empire that began the first order because obviously then they obviously probably knew about Palpatine or the plan to get him back. So, you, I, I mean, 
if you're talking first order, man, you've got to you've got to think Smokey Boy's in there. You've got some way, shape, or form. Even whether there's a mention, like I've mentioned, General Hux here. We know that Pride, uh, Richard E. Grant's character, he was around at this time. So a lot, and again, a lot of these could be recast, or some would uh, depend on the characters, the actors that we know coming back. Yeah. General Pride, you wouldn't necessarily need um, Richard E. Grant because, again, this is 25 years before you can get away with recasting. Uh, a little Hux, you can re- recast that. Snoke, well, it's all about the technology. Can they make Snoke look good within the budget that they have? With, you know, Andy Circus did that. Would he come back? Might be if the money's right. He's a busy man. Would he come back to do any Snoke or would it just be a mention? Would they have Snoke's underlings? And they just keep alluding to the fact that this their supreme leader is waiting in the wings, and we of course know who that is. But um, with Snoke, if you're going to get Snoke, uh, I imagine you're going to get General Hux as well, a young Hux. And again, we're not saying all of these are going to happen. It's just hypothetical. That to me, Snoke and Hux go hand in hand almost because if you if you're talking about the hierarchy of the First Order, it's Hux, Ren, Kylo, not Blylo, oh, and our girl Captain Phasma who joined up, I can't remember when, but at some point she joins up. Could we see Phasma? Could they do wonders with Captain Phasma's character, mate? Because she needs it. <laughs> so, and I love that character, yeah. but she needs help in the, in the live action. She needs help. She needs help. She <laughs> help needs Phasma. Some, she needs some milk. Have you seen that show? <laughs> um, that show, that clip, where there's that guy, there's this guy like, I think he's on drugs and he's like, <laughs> he's up pulling, he's, he's pulling all sorts of shapes. Right. And he like falls to the ground and there's this woman in the background who just shouts, he needs some milk. That's what Phasma <laughs> needs. Um, she needs some milk desperately. Bro. She does. Brew. Uh, a bit South African there. Hey, brew. Hey, brew. She needs some, she needs some milk. Yeah. Milk. Brew. Hey. Um, so, you reckon you could reckon she'd get some milk in the mando or she's not turning up at all? <laughs> yes. I think I I don't know. I don't know. I it's a possibility. Um I think if you're seeing the first order, I would prefer to see uh some of the guys from like resistance or the guys like leading up to because there was a rivalry, right, between Phasma, um Pyre, Huh? Mm-hmm. Cardinal. Cardinal, yep. Cardinal, yep. yeah. So yeah, I'd, I th- I think I'd like to see a few of them. But again, even if it's just subtle, even if it is Phasma just like leading a battalion of troops or something, um, I think that would be really, really cool. Really, really cool. I think for me, mate, you know, when I look back at 2015 and, and Force Awakens, J.J. Abrams, again, I've been watching videos, reading a few bits and bobs about this for, for, for this week's episode. You know, it's one of my biggest criticisms at, at the time and and still kind of is with The Force Awakens. It just kind of like jumps into this plot. Yeah. The Hang on, in Return of the Jedi, the goodies won and now the First Order is a thing. So... Yep, what happened there then? Right. What's, what's happened there? Now, like with... And I don't think it's the same situation, but I feel like you can still use it as an analogy. And I know many people are using this as an analogy, but I think the Clone Wars for so many people made the prequels so much more viable and just Mm -hmm. better 
and, and, and a better viewing experience for some people, right? I wasn't one of those people because I grew up with the prequels, adored them, loved it, and that was it, really. I, I, Star Wars kind of was was done. That, it was finished. And so, and at plus, you know, with age and stuff, I was just like the wrong age, I think, for, for the Clone Wars animated series, yeah, yeah. The Clone Wars films and stuff. Now, when I look back at the Clone Wars, I'm like, do you know what? I could see, I could definitely see how someone would look at the prequels and this, especially if they grew up with this, thinking, actually, this improves the prequels. I can definitely see that. Definitely see that. Um, and I do think there's part of me that, that, that strongly feels there's going to be this generation of people that adore the sequel trilogy. That's their Star Wars. But also they've got this other stuff peppered around it, the Mandalorian. Not just the Mandalorian, Matty boy. We've got to think beyond the Mandalorian. It's Ahsoka. It's Rangers of the New Republic. Yeah, man. Right? All of these shows. All Resistance. These... Don't forget the animated show. Oh, of course. Yeah, Resistance. Big up, big up Resistance. Pow, pow, pow. Um, do you know what? Resistance, more like execution. Am I right? Hey, oh, oh. Me... You are so right. Let me have a mental drink of my peppermint tea. We will do a Resistance episode at some point this year. We promise, guys. Oh, my fruit. Yeah. I'm going to have a dodgy throat on that episode. No, I can't wait. I, can't I generally wait. can't wait to go back and rewatch it, you, you, you hero. But I hear what you mean about the prequels, because for me, it's I was, the... I wasn't sure what you were going to say then, but yeah, go on, hero. Hero, I, well, hero any any positive adjective could be used for Ren, but um, it's a timeline is what works for me. It made the prequel timeline, but it didn't make the films any better, but it made the timeline richer. And right. the sequel trilogy at the minute... It doesn't have a timeline. It's got those three films and it's got Resistance. It's got a few books leading up to it, but it's all very much you know, a bit of this and a bit of that. And then everything happens in the films in like a space of what 18 months, pretty much two years of that. So it, what this would do is it would expand the timeline and it would put more meat on those bones. So when we do watch the films, like The Force Awakens, it would be nice to be able to think, oh, do you remember when we went to Hosnian Prime during The Mandalorian? Oh, now I know what that looks like. Dude. Oh, look, it's just been blown up. But Dude. it's little things like that. Do you know what I mean? Or with Starkiller Base, which is canonically Ilum, the holy site of the Jedi, which is in the Clone Wars, it's in uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Kind of, uh, why would we need to go there? But we could. Sh- they showed it in Resistance. You know, some, somehow, uh, I don't know how they could get away with it. You know, ship passes by uh, that way. You know, gets blown up. Hmm, what's going on over there? Well, let's, let's, let's know. But just some a little hint or a nod that something's going on, just so we can see how far back this was getting sorted. Because Jedi Fallen Order showed us that Starkiller Base was in operation before A New Hope, basically. Uh, that, and we know that the Empire was working on stripping it anyway, and the First Order just went like full blitz on it. So if it if it can expand on the timeline of the sequel trilogy that how the clone wars did for the prequels and it's it's only going to be a good thing because look i i really like the sequel era trilogy i love like the characters and even even like the the subsidiary the secondary and the tertiary characters who could make who could also come in i've got people like zori bliss if you want like bounty hunters side on ethano constable zuvio uh the, what about kanji club the De- kuavian death gang uncar plot duquesne the irving boys if they want to have like bounty hunters yeah, they could show Bosk. They could have Boba again. They could show Embo and uh, all those other geezers from Empire. But 
why not show us a couple that were in the sequels? You know, why not? Why not give Constable Zuvio his moment in the sun? That's so true. Give Zuvio life again. <laughs> yes. Come on. Get those toys off of the rack because they're the only ones left. Yeah. I love seeing Force Awakens toys, man. Mm. Like, and mm. actually, outside of like Nerd Base, I don't see them anymore. I don't see the Episode 7 toys. I see The Last no. Jedi, bit of Rogue yeah, One. Last Jedi, definitely. Yeah, you do see a lot of Last Jedi. But um, yeah, anyway, anyway. Dude, you mentioned planets, right? So I was going to mention planets and Hosnian Prime. I would adore to see Hosnian Prime or Coruscant sequel era planets, yeah. right? a bit more of the New Republic as well, because we're talking about First Order, and I think we're going to see a lot more of the New Republic in Rangers of the uh, New Republic. I think they're going to explain the Resistance a little bit better, because I don't think that was, you know, well explained in Episode 7 either. You know, that there's a, the New Republic, and there's this splinter group called the Resistance. Mm -hmm. They're seen as extremists, because everyone thinks they're crazy, because they believe in this First Order thing that's coming. Everyone back home in the, in the capital, Hosnian Prime, nah, that's rubbish, mate. That's not coming. Don't need to worry about that. You know, it's... That's pretty really... much how it happened, mate. It's pretty much how it happened in the stories is that General Leia, Leia's a senator and she was, the whole time, she was saying, look, we have to have some kind of military. We can't demilitarize because just in case something happens. And she, and she was seen as a warmonger and kind of like trying to incite, like almost incite rebellion within their own ranks. And then it came and out that she's Vader's daughter and everything. Exactly. And, and yeah, that's yeah. how the, the resistance started like six years earlier. But you could absolutely show people saying, look, this doesn't feel right that we've got no military and all this kind of stuff, which then leads to the resistance being formed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. Precisely. To me, that makes so much more sense. And I wish episode seven explained that a, a, a wee bit more, but it didn't. It didn't. But that's why we have these shows now, you know, and I, I'm so happy that we're going to see more of this. Even what you said with Ilum, mate, you know, exploring that a little bit more. Oh, mate, so cool. So, no, sorry, sorry, not so cool. How dare I? <clears throat> it is just so good. So good. That's it, Matty boy. And I mean, he's done 100 episodes. He's losing his way now. Yeah, yeah, there we go. But, um... Man, there's there's so much to think about. And I think, you know, not just characters, not just planets. It's just, I don't know. I, I, I think the state of the galaxy, I think these shows can Bang really on. display that, you know? Mm -hmm. No, you're spot on, mate. Is it, it, Look, I, I, are we going to get Poe Dameron? No. If we do, is it going to be Oscar Isaac? I highly doubt it. Poe Dameron is the, it will be the most likely of the big the big characters because he's he's of that age. He's older than Finn and Ray and mm. um and a little bit older than Ben Solo. So Poe Dameron could fit into this quite well as a pilot. But why would they want to bring him in? That would be too gratuitous for me. Um but it's just but it's the state of the galaxy, like you say. If they can build upon things and look, name check things, you know, they can make like you mentioned Hosni and Prime, mention the New Republic an awful lot, mention that they're like uh, Carson Teva mentioned to uh, to Cara Dune that you know something's something's happening out here in the outer outer room, but we don't quite know what. Basically, they kind of set those seeds up in that moment um, when he kind of gave 
when he gave Cara Dune the New Republic emblem, was like, you know, I'll just leave that there. Kind of mentioned that. Look, we know something's going on, but we don't know. We just need as many eyes and ears out here as possible. That is great because we know what's going on, but they don't. And it's and it's and it's all, and sometimes it isn't. Sometimes a film or a TV series can have extra weight when we as the audience know what's happening, but the characters don't. Some people don't like it, but I think it's great because then you're kind of watching them and you're thinking, don't don't go this way. I don't 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 meet this person because it's not going to end well. Look at Grogu when he went with Luke Skywalker. Everyone's a lot of people are assuming that he's going to get sliced and diced at the temple because we know that that's what happened with Luke's temple and his students. So it it added that extra weight to that scene for a lot of people. Now we don't think that's going to happen, but it added that weight. So if if, if, if it, there's little moments, I'm, obviously I don't want us to go too much into like the deeper thematic narrative canon strands, but like the outer rim, outer regions of that, we know what's going on out there. If somebody gets sent out there on a mission, we know they ain't coming back because dark stuff's happening out there. Um, I do think, I do think they're going to somehow sow the seeds of Palpatine coming back. I don't know how, I don't think they're going to mention him by name. I don't think we're, I don't think we're going to get a Papa Palps mention, but I think they're going to no. somehow mention like this somehow technology is used. Somehow he returned and maybe they're somehow going to kind of give us a bit more of explanation for that awful bit of writing. Um, race parents, we could see that. Jodie Comer would be wonderful to see, but again, they're, they're kind of like, they're like, oh, that wouldn't that be great to see? I like your idea and partly mine of this, like, like I said, the state of the galaxy and planets. Knowing that, knowing what happens to these places, knowing the, what's going to happen in twenty odd years to these places or to these people or to uh, these factions, I like that because then when the Force Awakens comes around, we have that live action, not animation, not books of comics, live action retelling. Uh, or memories of these places, and I think it could really, really, really work, dude. It's, but in terms of characters, I don't think I don't think we're gonna I don't think we're gonna get Han or Leia. If we did, I would be shocked if we got certainly um, General Leia or Han Solo. We got Luke, and I know you know anything's possible, but I would be shocked if we got any of those. I think it for me, it's those kind of bounty huntery type characters who could then show up in the book of Boba Fett or. My favourite, my uh, my favourite little tangerine head, Maz Kanata. Why not? Why when a man though could go to Takadana, go for a little drink in that bar? Maz Kanata's there. Would that be over the top? Wow, I don't think so. She's she runs a bar. They went to the cantina on Tatooine, so maybe Maz Kanata could be for me. She's like the most obvious one. I think it, it just somehow seems to make sense that man they would go to a hive of scum and villainy. Have you know Takadana is there. Maskinata's there. We don't happen to see. We don't need to see anybody else. We know just Maskinata, just behind the bar, or even having a chat with him. All right, man. Though, what's going on? Other than that, bounty hunters, mate. Like I said, Zori, Sidon, Bethano, Zuvio, or the Guavian Kanji Club, or whatever. That's what I think. I don't think we're gonna get any big, big the Guavian Kanji guys. I don't think we're gonna get any big characters. If we do, though, mate, I will love it. But I will be shocked if we get any of the main sequel trilogy characters, Ben Solo aside, man. The thing is, mate, boy, if someone had told you a few months ago that in Mandalorian Season 2, we were hands down seeing um, Bo-Katan, we were going to see our boy Corn on a Cobb Vanth, you know, possibly a Snoke body, yeah? A Bro-Katano. A Sokatano and Luke Skywalker. Mm. In one series, you'd think, I don't know, sounds bit crazy one season 
And I feel like we just need to stay back, take a step back and remind ourselves of that and remind ourselves of how amazing that was. And maybe it comes across as almost fanboy, but actually it, it makes sense. It makes sense. And it suits the story. It's, it follows the story. It follows the whole Star Wars universe right it, it's yeah. just like all these nods to yeah that happened yeah that happened mm-hmm. and it's like well yeah of course it's like how Cobb has a pod racer stuck on the side of a speeder and that's his speeder that's his bike do you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. it's like well yeah it was anakin's wasn't it probably we don't know for definite we do, and we to be honest we don't need to know for definite but it's fun and it's just that little nod, that little wink of saying, yeah, just a little casual Easter egg, you know, those who are going to know it, they're going to probably love it. And most people... And that's what we said. Sorry to interject there, mate, but that's exactly what we said is, why well, we could, they could have created a new a new speeder for that, but they've got they've got like a junkyard of pod racer parts. Right. Just use one of those. So then it's like a wink, like we're like using Cobb Vanth himself. They've got all these characters out there. Use them. They don't, right. they don't need to, they don't need to, he could have made a new Marshall, but... Why not use one who's already out there so people who have read it can be like me and go, yes, when he turns up. Little moments, man. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. And for me as well, just other things like the ships and the weaponry. I know I mentioned like the armor earlier and whatnot, but it really mean a lot to me if there was a comment, you know, about the new X-Wings or something with the resistance or, 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 you know, whatever, maybe a new TIE fighter. And I'm like, wow, look, new model, blah, blah. Yeah. Been modernized just slightly. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I like the design, you know, you could yeah. just imagine that, right? How cool yeah. would that be? I don't know. It's, there's a lot of possibilities, but I think what seems to be front and center for me, mate, is this, heading toward the first order heading toward snoke heading toward luke skywalker possibly a ben solo you know heading toward this greater threat that's why i think the end game of of this feloni verse favro master project you know and do you know what i'm gonna say something right here right now yeah, yep. they're developing Ahsoka, Mando season three, Book of Boba Fett, and Rangers of the New- Rangers of the New Republic. Right? Yes, I think there's going to be another show, and it's it's going to be the equivalent of what I've always said, like this, the Defenders show. You know that Marvel equivalent where there's all of these shows, and then for one last series, there's a few different characters or something. I I think that could happen. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't properly thought about it. I'm just saying it on the podcast. Because why not? Why not? Put it out there, my friend. Because what it's done now is it's made me think, do you know what? You just mentioned those shows. Ahsoka, Fett, New Republic, uh, Mando. Very, very, uh, to use a Star Wars term, very light side, you know, very light side focused. Mm. I want one that's on the bad guy's side. You know, I I want one which is, you know, kind of showing this, the, the, the first order. Uh, before they come, the final order. I want to see the first order, somebody, somebody on that side, whether it's set in the unknown regions. It doesn't have to be wild, but you know, the idea, it, it would be what I would imagine the Cassian show is going to be, this kind of subterfuge, subterfuge um, spy thriller type thing, but from the other side of the, the barracks. I'd like to see that to kind of counteract and offset 
the the good guys side we're getting. You know, it doesn't have, doesn't have to be this stupid OTT dark. Oh, we're the bad guys, so we're going to kill everyone in horrible ways type thing. No, just just a different point of view. But let's see it from their side and how because then they could that could still tie in something that happens in the Rangers of the New Republic could then be shown or could then impact what happens in a whatever they'd call it. You know, here come the First Order or something that show. They, I, that would be interesting to me. It's just to have the other side of it. Would it happen? I don't know. We're getting the acolyte, of course, from Leslie Headland, which is, you know, emerging dark side powers. And if anything, that would be that would be a darker show than um, the rise of the First Order. But I'd like to see that, mate. And now you said it, it's kind of got me thinking. Now I want that now. But um, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on leading up to the sequel trilogy, and I guess it just comes down to how close they want to get. I don't think they're going to get too close. And I don't think the last word spoken in the Mando is going to be, one day the force will awaken or anything stupid like that. But <laughs> imagine. <laughs> imagine imagine if somebody said that. But um, I, I, it depends how close they're going to get. They don't have to get up to like the day before. But I mean, if, it's, if they're still kind of, if they're in the run of all these shows and they're still 15 years out from the force awakens, then I think the links will be slightly tenuous at best. But there's certainly a lot of meat there, isn't there, mate? There's certainly a lot of, stuff that they can do and i really like the idea of the subtle yeah like the planets like the armament like the um the artillery the ships being changed so you look at it it's it's not quite empire standard anymore it's first order standard we kind of saw that in in mando with in the episode where boba just went mental on everyone and got his armor back with the, the the troop carriers looked a bit like the ones in the force awakens they look like an early prototype of the ones from the force awakens the ones that carried the stormtroopers to the planet where well, Tython, sorry, and the ones that carried the stormtroopers so to Jakku. Yeah, they looked very similar. Not the same, but like a little nod that behind the scenes they're working on it. So I like that, and like I say, Hosni and Prime. Uh, we don't need to. Go, well, we could. You know, if they need to go to Jakku, great, no problem with me. I'd like to see more of Jakku, but just to see some of these other places. I'd hey, look, I'd love to see Mando and Canto bite, you know, bowling it through the casino and that Beskar. Just mm. just to see that. Um, chucking a few credits on the Fathers. Um, so yeah, c- characters. I can't see any big characters, any main ones. We mentioned uh, Ben Solo. That's not going to be the Ben Solo that we know and love. It will be young Ben. We might see like a young Hux, maybe, or a mention of Snoke. I don't think we're going to see um, Bro Dameron. I-, I-, I highly doubt we're going to see Leia or Han because again, it's, they need to use that technology again, and they run the risk of people not talking about the moment and people going, "Oh, well, it didn't quite look right, did it?" Mm-hmm. To get over it, at least we're getting it. Um, so I think they're going to play. I think they'll be fairly safe in who they bring in, but there'll be some nice nods to those films, dude. But um, do you think then, for my last, pretty much one of my last things on it is, do you think we're going to get any kind of reference or mention of Exegol? Because this is this is where it's all leading to. The whole saga leads to Exegol. Okay, I I think there's only one way you can mention Exegol, and I don't think it'll be mentioned by name. Mm-hmm. Well, it could be a few ways. You could have uh, Mando getting caught up in the whole Sith assassin, the boy, the Lord, Ochi oh, of Bestoon. You didn't think about him, Ochi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that naughty boy. Imagine if he turns up. He could Ochi. do, though, because he's in the Darth Vader comic. Right. Right. So he's he's around, right? And he's not really the 
underworld because you know he's more like outer world i suppose but um out of it i like but yeah. yeah he's out of it um yeah so i don't know but there, there, there could be like rumors you know something like that here's one here's one thought mate and this is probably my final thought on this mando seems to take place a lot of the time outside of New Republic jurisdiction for the most part, not always, but most of the time it's in that outer rim, right? And like at the start of the show, New Republic, that's a joke, right? Yeah, that's right. So what if the folk in the outer rim know a lot more about the First Order? They hear rumors and they hear something about Exegol, this planet in the unknown regions. They know it. They heard the rumors. They heard the myths. You know, now that, a little nod like that. <sighs> ah, pass me the milk, mate. That's it. The milk is there. Imagine if any of those people had played Fortnite and heard Palpatine's announcement. That's it then, isn't it? But yeah, it's a good shout, mate. It, it's like, and that's it. It's the little things like that. Where even if they don't mention Nexago, there's a dark world in the unknown regions and you know, word is it's causing a stir. Well, that, I'm not a screenwriter. I'm not, I, that's not how they say it, but that's all they've got to say. There's a, there's a dark world out there. The myth of a dark world where, you know, everything's going to lead to, I don't know how they're going to word it, but something like that. There's just something so we know, but the characters in, like we mentioned with the Luke Skywalker appearance, we know who Luke is uh, and it's incredible. Hence why the music isn't, and the music isn't the fourth theme because the characters don't know necessarily who this guy is apart from maybe like Cara Dune. Um, but we, so for us, it's epic, but for the characters in story, it's like, well, this, this is cool. Who's yeah, this? Right. And, right. and it would be the same for those moments, like Exegol, Hosni and Prime, like the characters don't know what's coming next, but we do. And that's what's exciting for me, dude. Oh, mate. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so and you watch none of this happen now, but still it's fun. I'm so excited. Listen, like I said, we got Luke Skywalker, Soka, Corn and the Cobb Vanth. Oh, come on, mate. I can't wait. Can't wait. Hey, this is Vanessa Marshall, the voice of Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Oh, that mention of Maz Kanata on Takadana has got me thinking I could do with a little uh, brewski, a beerio. And as fate would have it, here we are outside the Bantino, our favourite little drinking hole. Luke, shall we? Oh, let's do it, mate. <laughs> As we do each week for those new to the show and for those old, we sit down with you guys here in the Bantina, you guys, the greatest listeners in the galaxy. We have a couple of Kef beers, and we want to get your thoughts on our main discussion, which, of course, was Mando and the sequel trilogy. How could it all tie in? And we got some cool replies, as usual, mate. Ah, uh, yes, we did, matey. We got so many comments across social media on this. So, you know, we've only, we've, we can only do a few, but please keep sending them in. To kick us off is a spicy, naughty number from our boy, Andreas Blom. Uh, Matty boy, let's hear it. Hello there, Matt and Luke. Hope. All is well with you. This is Andreas, a.k.a. Andres the Swede, calling in from Oregon, the United States. Now, with The Mandalorian tying into the events of the sequel trilogy, one thing that I would love to see explored is the background of Rey's parents. Obviously, spoilers for The Rise of Skywalker. I'm really intrigued by the potential story around the clone Strandcast son of Palpatine. 
That's so many questions. Like, where was he made? How and why did he escape? How did he meet Ray's mother? Will we see Din Djarin help them escape, fighting off some Sith assassins sent after them with the help of Grogu and his increased force powers? Or would the story fit better in with Ahsoka, who perhaps is heading out to the unknown regions of the galaxy in her show? I don't know. Extra bonus, of course, if we do get to see Billy Howell and Jodie Comer reprise their roles. I don't know what you guys think. I feel that there are great opportunities to flesh out that entire part of the story and fill out the background workings of the resurrected Palpatine in the sequel trilogy. So I say, let's dive into some dark science, cloning, and secrets only the Sith knew. Cheers. What a, what a cheeky, cheeky message from Andreas there. We love it. Raise parents. What do you reckon, mate, boy? 50 over, 50 under, raise parents. Ooh. Even just one of them. Ooh. Oh, I'm going to go under, but I'm going to go like 40, 40%, which even that seems too high because it, it's all about the timeline. Ray was born about... Ray isn't born but yet for about another eight, nine years, I don't think so. They'd have to have a big jump. Ray's parents could still be around. But uh, again, Palpatine Strandcast's son, nice mention. Um, how did he meet Ray's, Ray's mother? Like a, a knight in, on Jakku. There are, there's a lot. Everything you've just said there, Andreas, is is right. They, there's a, there's a lot that they could do to really um, flesh out what happened with Palpatine and with Ray, and that like that's the main story of the sequel trilogy. So they've got an opportunity to do it. See how they do it, man. This one night on Jakku changed everything uh we got some more comments here matty boy and we're going to start with our boy darth dildo who wants the tico sisters what yes uh snoke nice hux and more new republic action nice billy sweet said please ben solo kylo ren and james t 2006 our boy said poe he was probably my favourite of the sequel characters. I haven't read Freefall yet, although I have it. So if it doesn't contradict with the story of the book, then maybe Din and Poe can go on a mission together. Nice. Nice one, Jimmy boy. I have read that, but it's a good little book, mate. You'll enjoy it. Um, so, yeah, all of those, absolutely daft. Tico sisters, yep. Uh, thank you for those guys. Uh, Shh, Toys said, Ray's mum, played by the brilliant Jodie Comer. Yes. Um, Igor Boryevich said, I'd love to see Side Nathano, the space pirate from The Force Awakens. He was also in The Rise of Skywalker, and he's been in a few of his own books as well. Um, and Star Wars Padder 101 said, Not a character, but Ilum, Starkiller Base, in other words. But we also got a lot of shout-outs from our listeners and people who contributed for Claude, our boy, Babu Frick, and Maz Kanata as well. And we also got this message from Welsh royalty, the King of Wales, Luke Summerfield. Do it! Make the sacrifice! Hey dudes, surely we got to get young Ben Solo, Maz, Hondo's bound to turn up sooner or later. Let's not forget Big Boy Snoke and the absolute unit and Garpla. I really hope we get Ochi. Hashtag best tune boys. Peace and love to all the sessioners and remember... Snoke loves a good pair of golden slippers. Make the sacrifice. <laughs> what do you think about that, man? I love it. I love the, uh, oh, Snoke loves a good 
pair of golden slippers. Oatree, <laughs> <laughs> mate. You've got a mention of Oatree. Oh, yeah. Cheeky bestoon boys nod. Oi. Oh, we love it. <laughs> We love it. Yes, Lukey boy. All good shouts there, gangster. Like I said earlier, thank you so much to everyone who commented on this. It was great. Keep them coming. For extra content, go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You know it's going to be so good. Best podcast. Best podcast best podcast we love it (laughs) we love it you love it and it's that time again everyone's favorite part of the show the patreon questions my boy how good is this part of the show this is uh genuinely one of my favorite parts of the show mate because he is up until kind of putting them all together we have no idea what we're going to be given to answer no, exactly. This is tense. Um, to kick <laughs> us off, Matty Boy, is this spicy number from our boy Robert Lawson, who asked this. Are, are you ready, Matty Boy? I'm ready. He asks. So it turns out that Star Wars didn't happen a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And it's actually happening right now in this galaxy. Luke gets lost on his way back from Endor and crash lands in Essex and you decide to show him around the UK. Where do you go and what do you do? Now, Matty boy, over to you. He didn't clarify what, Luke. So, no, I'm joking. um, It's obviously obviously me. Well, Baz Vegas on a Friday night is a must, of course. You want to go down to Baz Vegas. Um... Take them to St Mary's, stand in Southampton to watch them football. Always good for a laugh. If if you support the other team, it's great. Um, then we go. I take them down to Woking. Go and take them to meet my parents. We go to Al Pasha Kebab uh, in the hot, down in down in the town centre and get a kebab. Um, then maybe, maybe then we'd go kind of meta, take them to Puzzlewood in the Forest of Dean and be like, one day you might be here in this set, uh, acting out in a Star War. Um, do you know what? I mean, there's so many places you could take them in the UK. There's the there's the kind of nice idea, like let's take them to the Highlands or let's take them to the like, Anglesey or something, which is beautiful, a stunning part of the UK. But then, I, but then my mind always goes to like, you know, we just kick it around Chelmsford for a bit or something like that. But for me, it would all be, it would be shown in the British hospitality. So we go we go to the pub, we'd have fish and chips, and then we'd have a curry, the great British dish. Yeah. We'd have a couple of beer skis together, and then. Get in the cab and be like, right, take us somewhere. Show us Britain for me. Um, otherwise, we'll just go on the London Eye. But what about you, mate? Mate, um, do you know what? London Eye, I've been on a London Eye a few times. And one so time I got, I got stuck on it. And it went Was it because there were so many fans of you at the bottom? They had we, to stop and Yeah, that's it. You know me, mate. You know, they're all um, sessions. Like on gin. Yeah. <laughs> Like, wow, it's the guy that talks about Star Wars on Spotify. (laughs) I know him. Um, Yeah, went on a London Eye, and I was with... Who was I with? I was with my brother, my sister-in-law, and I think her mum from Poland. She was visiting from Poland. And (laughs) we got got stuck at, like, let's say, 1 o'clock, and then it went back to 11 o'clock, then it went back to 1 o'clock, then it went back to 11 o'clock, and we were like, man... I've seen mm. enough. I've seen yeah. enough. We're that done. High. It's, it's surely, very high. Surely we are done here. 
Um, no, I'd be taking them up London. Matty boy, I think you've you've now like hit the nail on the head, really. Um, you know, pints, curry, fish and chips. I'd be taking them up London, mate. I'd be taking them to Camden Lock, you know, Camden Market on a Saturday. You know, mm-t, 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 mm-t. take them to Cyberdog. That's it. Go to Shoreditch or something, you know, all oh, this is like trendy slash slash bit gritty part of London. Um, yeah, I'll take him to um, Canary Wharf Tube Station. Be like, yeah, they shot some of Rogue One here. That's it. Oh, is really? It yeah. What's Rogue One? You'll find out, mate. You will find out. Um, do you know what, Rob? I'm going to say it. Newcastle. So good. I went to Newcastle on a stag do and loved Everyone it. says this, man. I loved Newcastle. And actually, even when I, when I was up there... I was like, mate, this city is beautiful. It is gorgeous. It is a really nice city. Um, but yeah, countryside, you know, I'm all about that, man. Maybe down to the old New Forest, maybe down to my home county of Devon, do some surfing down in Devon, go see Luke Summerfield and um, his family. Maybe he can do us a Sunday roast or something a in South Sunday Wales. roast beef. Yeah. Well, that's it. And we'll need, uh, like, turkey or chicken or something as well, Matt. Not just Luke Summerfield. Oh, no, yeah. the Summerfields love a good beef, chicken and turkey session. Yeah. Oh, he does. He loves it. He loves a good beef in session. Um, no, mate. Well, what about you, Rob? I mean, what curry would you give Luke Skywalker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How hot would you go for this poor man? Yeah. Uh, yeah, same. We extend that to all of you. We say this every week. We would love to hear your answers for this and the upcoming questions we've got. Well, where would you take Luke Skywalker in in the UK or wherever you are based in the world? Where would you take, you know, the beacon of light, Luke Skywalker? If it was Ray, different ideas. Luke Skywalker, though. So, um, Robert, well, I'd take her for dinner, wouldn't I? I'd take her for, I'd take her for roast beef. I'd take her for dinner. Here's another um, thought. Wouldn't it be funny if we took him to Stonehenge and it was like, oh, one of those Jedi Temple things. Yeah, he starts meditating in it. It's yeah. like, starts calling all his mates. Like, no, no, not here. Yeah. Or he starts levitating them. It's like, that's how they got here. I just threw them here. He'll um, slay down yeah. a few um, of the Queen's guards as well. Oh, it's going to be great. I can feel oh, it. Mate, a couple of them beefy is going down. Um, Rob Bobby Lawson, thank you so much for that, mate. Uh, we've got another, speaking of people who too would like to take things down, Alex Jessup is next. Uh, he asked a, that's just a nice question. Knowing full well, that you are both some incredibly stylish podcast heroes. You are, Luke. Who do you consider to be the best-dressed Star Wars character? So, Luke, galactic fashion. Who's okay. the best-dressed? Okay. Um, probably Claude in The Rise of Skywalker. He knows what he's got. He, he, he knows what he's got, mate, and he's not afraid to display himself in such a beautiful way, in a timeless, classic way we mentioned titanic earlier didn't we so you know um claude like one of your french girls that's it we love claude claude we want more claude we want more claude and i want him to show up in mandalorian that's it that is it and i'm pretty sure emily bonnemet said that as well didn't she on the old uh... i think she did yeah she loves Um, a bit of claude do you know what? I, I know who everyone's going to think. They're going to be like, oh, Lando. And yeah, you'd be right to say Lando. Yeah. But I'm going to I'm gonna also cheeky shout out to um, my boy, Poe Dameron. Oh, he, that's my answer as well. Yes. Oh, mate. Poe's po, po slick, isn't he? He is, he is slick. Uh, Finn in The Rise of Skywalker. 
Finn is Ooh. he has got some drip, you know, he's got those blue trousers, he's done his hair a little different. Oh, the sauce emanating from that man I'm is real. You. I'm telling you, mate, yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, all right, all right. Yeah, we like we like that, Finn. Not bad, mate. Do. Not bad. Let's, let's chuck Snoke in there. Who else can chuck off a gold sparkly robe and make it work? And gold slippers, as uh, Summerfield says. Look, Snoke, Snoke's got some serious fashion as well he's got the sauce as well just look at him slumped on his throne wearing gold again he knows what he's got and he's not afraid to flaunt it right. ask him to go for poe dameron everyone like everyone remember those uh, still image, images from the rise of skywalker when all of his clothes are a, a size too small but god damn did he look good in them um obviously lando what about mando come on who else yes, could pull off that Hang on. B- b- best guy come Hang on. on you are, I, I feel like ultimately mate this all leads to Padme Amidala. Come I was on. about to say. I was about to say. I said, "Look, we're giving we're giving these guys a lot of a lot of uh, respect." But basically, all they do is chuck a shirt on or a cape. Big whoop. Amidala, Padme, Naberi, Naboo, style, fashion. Leia's mother, Luke's mother. Luke doesn't get his fashion sense from her though. He gets it from Daddy. Padme is the fashion icon of the galaxy. Like five costume changes a day, just for dinner. And then obviously everything else. Come on, come on, Padme. Mm. You're right. Padme is the fat for me, the fashion icon of the galaxy. Yeah, I'm a dollar, dollar, dollar. It's got to be. It's got to be. Great question there, Alex, mate. You naughty boy. You naughty boy. Up next, Andreas Blom again with a cheeky question, Matty boy. This is a spicy one. We all know George Lucas loved going back and to add all kinds of things to his movies. If there was a special edition coming out of any of the existing Star Wars movies, what scene would you like to add, not change, or delete? Me... I'd love to have a scene in The Phantom Menace showing that Darth Maul survived, teasing future storytelling. How about you lot? What scene would you like to add, Matty Boy? Uh, that's a really good one, actually, mate. Uh, especially now looking back, it's like, well, how did he get from the bottom of that reactor shaft to that like junkyard planet with that weird snake creature talking to him uh, and spider legs? Uh, I would, the obvious one, and I know everyone's going to roll their eyes and go, change the record, fella, but how did Palpatine come back? Give me something more to it. Give me something more rather than a little wink and a prequel dialogue lifted verbatim from that film. That aside, something I'd like, I would have liked something in Revenge of the Sith, one more sequence or moment that like further showed Anakin's fall to the dark side. Um, something that sealed his turn because obviously he, he's questioning the Jedi code and their morals. He's questions Mace Window up until the moment where he lops his hand off. Uh, 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 Obi-Wan's holding me back. He's obviously doing it for Padme, but it did still kind of feel a bit, uh, you know, is, is that it? Is that well, how he came from being the hero of the galaxy to Darth Vader? Well, and again, Clone Wars did help us out a lot of that, but in the movies, they needed something because he went from, yeah, being the hero, this is where the fun begins, to killing kids in the space of, what, a day. So there needed to be, or maybe more, but there needed to be something for me. Another sequence that showed his fall, whether it was a disagreement in the council, because obviously the, the whole council thing as well, like a, a full-on falling out where he almost kind of like, not goes dark side on the council, but Yoda, maybe Mace, notices him, like mm. you know, his headspace in the council. And rather than just saying, this is outrageous, it's unfair. Something Arr. a bit more than that, I think. But that's what I would have liked, mate. But 
something to show Anakin becoming Darth Vader or that turn being a little bit more palatable. What about yourself, my man? Right. Um, for me, The Last Jedi and Palpatine. Good I'm sorry. It. Uh, it, it would be insert a Palpatine scene into The Last Jedi. Um, and I think you could still do that. And I would love to see an edited Last Jedi. Get Ryan Johnson to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like that, you know, it's all gravy. It's all gravy. Go down but, well, wouldn't it? But seriously, mate, like imagine a Palpatine. Just a small little like, oh hang on, what? Was that hang on, no. Whether it's a Snoke and Palpatine thing or Snoke's just sitting there or he's asleep and Palpatine's like doing something to his mind because asleep. <laughs> there's a few things you can yeah, he's just having a Pass that in front of the cricket. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a cup of he's got a peppermint tea. It, <laughs> it, Snoke's got a little oh, he's got a little uh. <laughs> So <laughs> Yeah. Um That's what I think, mate. A Palpatine scene in The Last Jedi. That is That's a big shout. Or even in The Force Awakens. And, you know, if I'm not going to edit something, take anything out, I think if you're just adding something in, I feel like that would just improve the whole saga so much. So much. That's what I think. Uh, I think we may have a winner there, mate. If anyone else has got any... Oh, look, it, it could be big or small, but let us know what you thought about our choices. But especially that one. I mean, could we, so many people have said, even just a mention or a nod towards Big Boy Palps in TLJ or even The Force Awakens and not just a... Oh look, Ray fights with her lightsaber like Palpatine did, and that's that's you know that's just what she, how she fights with the melee weapon. That would be great. Let us know what you think. So please do. Uh, we've got one more, and it's from another Welshman, another hero, and he's called Matthew Bell. His questions are uh, is, this is filthy. He says a couple of years back, I saw a fan edit of A New Hope that pitched itself as a grindhouse reimagining. It was pretty good to be fair, and they achieved the grindhouse vibe they were going for. If you could reimagine one of the Star Wars cinematic masterpieces, which would it be and in what genre or style would you do it? For me, Matt says, I'd go for a snack of the clones. First half would be the detective noir style, following the exploits of Detective Kenobi, and the Geonosis battle would be in the style of a Vietnam movie. (laughs) Keep it spicy, fellas. Well, you've wrapped us up there with a big one there, mate. So, Luke, Matt saw No New Hope uh, in a reinvented as in a different genre. Which of the films would you take and how would you change it into a different genre? Well, you know how it is, Matty Boy. You know, WandaVision is uh, pretty popular at the moment on the old Disney Plus. So we're here. Maybe a cheeky, uh, you know, I'm going to actually have to go with. Uh, do you know what? I'm going to change that. Change it to, the again, The Last Jedi, rom com. Yeah? Rom com. <laughs> Raylo. Raylo oh. rom com. Yeah, you're gonna get the points you're, there, man. Right. You're you're nothing. You're nothing. You're no one. You're nothing. Ha 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 ha! Oh Ben, you're so not. lovely. Yeah, See, it's, not to it's me. A, can you imagine that? Can you imagine him Wink. on the execute one with the finalizer? Like in Love Actually, of the cue cards, and he's like, "You're nothing. You're nobody. You put your parents are filthy, filthy drunk trainers, but not to me." And then it's like that great moment, and then they embrace and they they they, they, they give each other the lightsaber. They don't fight over it. Yeah. Even do you know what? Throw in Rise of Skywalker as well. Just throw it in. Throw it all in. Just a Raylo sitcom. Why not? Why not? Make it an animated show. I'd watch it. I'd watch that. I'd be all over it. 
I'd be like, do you know what? Should have been Finn and Ray, but I'm moving over. Yeah. I'm, I'm a ha- <laughs> you know, it's not going to happen, Luke. It's not going to happen. Even if JJ Abrams said, yeah, I know, Luke, you can't. Yeah, but JJ Abrams said that was the Come original. On, every, pretty much everyone has said that was the original plan. Yes, that's right, Luke. It was the original plan. It was obviously the original plan, but they went with Raylo instead. Yeah, but no, no, Luke. Yeah, the, that Raylo, no. if that's ever going to take off. Yeah. Wait, if if I'm on board with the hashtag bring back Ben Solo now, I'm I'm with you guys and girls online because I want like the Wonder Vision with Ray and Kylo in this alternate in this weird reality. Because imagine that, let's get that stud Adam Driver back and the English Rose just to play out this like weird kind of like Star Wars fantasy type thing. It'd be great. Yeah, it's true. It is true. It is true. What what about you, Matty Boy? What are you thinking, mate? Uh, mine is well. Mine's a bit less fun, actually. <laughs> mine is basically the rise of Skywalker, but let's say it is a thriller. You know, Palps is back, Big Boy's back, and he's causing mm-hmm. havoc from an unknown location. Oh, Nobody I knows like where that. he is. Yeah, the Resistance and the First Order have to collect actual clues, not a wayfinder. Actual clues they have to go around finding it. It's a mystery. Yeah, it's a race. It's shady. Both factions, they've got differing reasons for wanting to find him, but the tension is there. It's, it's like this throttling, suffocating tension. Somebody's got to get to Palpatine. It's, it, and again, it's kind of like what Matty Bell said. It's, it's the, the detective thriller side of it. They have to get clues. They have to find Palpatine before the other one finds him. And then what do they find when they get there? I don't know. It could be quite fun to me. But now thinking about it, I like the idea of a rom-com, yeah. Or... Um, how could we really make the Empire Strikes Back a comedy? Just like turn everything on its head and make Yoda actually funny. Yeah, no, I like that. Well, he's he's a barrel of laughs in Phantom Menace, isn't he? So, you know. Yeah, all throughout the prequels, he's cracking jokes left, right and centre. That's it. That is it. That is it. So there we go, guys. They There are our Patreon questions for this month. If you want to ask Matty Boy a cheeky question, any question, any crazy question... <laughs> Jump on patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions, $2 a month, and you can get involved in the fun. And if you want to ask Luke those same questions, because his answers are usually, they usually carry a spice warning, that's where you can find that information. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Star Wars Sessions game! The game is different this week, as we mentioned up top. Last week on our big 100 episode, we mentioned we were going to do a giveaway. We did that giveaway. We're giving stuff away. We're giving away Mandalorian Monopoly. Cue applause. I know, my glamorous assistant, Luke Bly, is holding that Mandalorian Monopoly. Isn't it beautiful, man? Yeah. How do you, should I be just like, pretend I'm waving my hands? You know how like the people do in the shows? Like, like royal wave. Oh, yeah. Wow. Ooh, well, they're just doing that at you, man. But there it is. That's what you could win. So tonight, you know, let's, let's, let's you know, dim the lights a little bit. It's time. It's time. The votes are in. The the entrance, the competitors, the contestants are in. We have literally hundreds. We have over 500 of these in on the wheel. We have an actual wheel here as well, like virtual, but it's a wheel. All your names are on there. All of your entrance, multiple entrance for certain people as well. They're all on there. Luke, do, we th- do you reckon we should give this wheel a spin? Would you like to lean over 
and spin that wheel and reveal who's going to win Mandalorian Monopoly, mate. Yes, Matty boy. Let me spin the wheel. Oh, it's spinning. This is exciting. And the winner of Mandalorian Monopoly is Wanda L. Flanagan. Thank you so much for entering, Wanda. We will uh, DM you for your details and we will get that Mandalorian. I can't say it. Mandalorian Monopoly. Mandalorian. That's it. Those Mandalorians. Monopolies like the young kids used to play. So Wanda is our winner. Luke, my glamorous assistant. Wanda, what you got to say to Wanda L. Flanagan? Congratulations, Wanda. Not only will you have the Mandalorian Monopoly, but you'll also be flying on a special all-paid-for cruise to the Flamingos. And look, oh, man, look what you could have won. My glamorous assistant. But he's not going anywhere. I'm sorry for that. Sorry, ladies. He is taken. Um, but that is our giveaway this week. Wanda, congratulations. You are our Mandalorian Monopoly winner. Do check back into future editions of the Star Wars Sessions game because we will be doing more giveaways over the course of the coming year. But Wanda, thank you so much and congratulations and hope you win every time you play. And that wraps up our episode, doesn't it, mate? What a nice way to wrap up the episode. Oh, that's a lovely one. We did a classic game show game. You know, I felt like I was on, I don't know, UK TV, a rerun of an old game show on UK TV or something. Or Channel 5. Yeah, it's three, it's three o'clock. Or, no, no, it's not. It's 2 p.m. on Channel 5, and we're watching a game show during the day. I love it, mate. It is literally like watching or listening to the Wheel of Fortune back in the day. So, uh, yeah, Wanda, we'll get that out to you ASAP. We'll DM you for your deets. Thank you, everybody, though, for playing. We've got so many uh, people who entered, so many people who were tagging their mates and sharing it. It was, it was great. So thank you all. We hope you enjoyed the show you've listened to. Please do come back and listen to more because we'll have more spice for you and more giveaways. And it's me and Luke. What more could you want? But that is that, though, for this episode, number 101. We're into the three digits now, guys. 101 of Star Wars Sessions. But the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? Now, you can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. Search, search for us. Not search. Search for us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. We're all there. Just search up Star Wars Sessions, drop us a voicemail, drop us an email, a message at hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk. And don't forget about that Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Hello there. We're on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, everywhere in the galaxy. You could find a podcast, you'll find us there. And if you love our show, please consider leaving us a good review on your podcast provider of choice. And head on over to podchaser.com. It's the IMDB for podcasts. It's awesome. Naturally, we're on there. So drop us a review if you've got a spare 30 seconds as well over there. It helps us grow. It helps us more than you know. It gets more people listening, more people engaging, which, as you know, is what we're here for. But thank you, guys. And please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum. Tell your dad. Tell your mates. Tell your cats. Tell your Ewok. Tell someone who won the Mandalorian Monopoly. Tell your cousin the more the merrier. Their castle spice. Yeah, get on it. 
That's it. Tell Wanda L. Flanagan, who's playing that Monopoly very soon. Now, this is the podcast that you're looking for. However, until next time, from me, see ya, and from Luke. May the force be with you, always. Luke, Luke, Fon Javro. <laughs> <laughs> Essex-based podcast heroes... I would like to see the baby. Tell that to Kanja Club. <laughs>